welcome to Act Your Age, a podcast where two adults dive into young adult books in order to discuss how their appeal transcends age and other boundaries. My name is Corinne. And I'm Tasia. And today we are taking a break from YA to talk about Amazon Prime's Red, White, and Royal Blue, written and directed by Matthew Lopez and based on Casey McQuiston's novel of the same name. If you've been a listener of this podcast for a while, you know that we allowed ourselves to discuss Red, White, and Royal Blue as a little treat (laughs) for ourselves uh, back in 2020. Um, Again, despite it not being YA, um, which is a common misconception about that book for some reason. It's very clearly not YA. Um, I mean, they're younger in the book, but they're they're not uh, YA age. But regardless, we're here uh, because we could not not talk about this movie. Yeah, I mean, this was going to happen. This was going to happen. Our Red, White, and Royal Blue book episode is one of my favorite, like still to this day, um, of all the episodes Mm -hmm. we've ever done. Yeah. So this this was definitely going to happen. Not to mention that Red, White, and Royal Blue is foundational to our friendship, Mm -hmm. much uh, in the same way that The Raven Cycle was, one of the first... Uh, books that we connected over as friends and our our larger friend group. And so it was just really special. So special that Tasia came to visit me to watch this movie who we watched with, uh, w- which we watched with um, friends of the pod, Jesse and Melissa, who you may have heard on our episodes before. So it was just a delightful, delightful experience. I like gripped Tasia's arm for most of the film. <laughs> <You did. laughs> At one point I think I just like collapsed into your lap. Um just overcome like dominoes like yeah, you want to be me and Melissa. Um it, but it was necessary because uh I think really by and large we were so happy with this oh, adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. Um we have some nits to pick which we'll we're here to talk about today. Uh but um, yeah, so I think we're just going to dive in because we usually talk about our obsessions. Um, this movie came out two weeks ago as of when we're dropping this episode and literally nothing else has gripped me. I don't even want to admit how many times I've watched it already. It's become just like a background comfort movie at Absolutely. this point. And yeah, it's just head empty. All that lives there is uh, red, white and royal blue. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and every single fan at it especially if it's set to Taylor mm-hmm. Swift. That's all I can yep. concentrate on. That's my entire uh, FYP on TikTok. That is, yeah. that is it. Yes. And I'm not mad. No, it's it's a great problem to have. Um, So, yeah. So we really like this movie. I think we should talk about like our initial thoughts on it because I don't necessarily want to speak for you, but I know like for me watching it the first like, like 45 minutes or so, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm liking this just because it took that long for me to really feel like I kind of got what they were going for a little bit more and got used to like some of the changes that they were making, particularly when it came to Alex, who I think is different in a lot of ways than Mm -hmm. he is in the book. But once I really got into the back half of the movie and then went back and rewatched, I liked most of the first part of the movie a lot more. What did you think? Yeah, it's such a, an interesting experience because like going into the movie, I was so nervous that it wasn't mm-hmm. going to live up to the hype. So I think my my expectations were kind of low and I did that as a way to like 
protect myself yeah. from like yeah. not liking it and also like it's hard to divorce it from the entire experience of like flying to to you guys to see this movie and, yeah. and watching it together and having this experience and that was so like special on its own that I was like is this going to color my perception of the movie um and make me kind of see it through rose-colored glasses but yeah I think I had kind of a really similar experience in that I I, I found myself enjoying it and like giggling and, and kind of like going along with it. But in the back of my mind being like, this changed, this changed, this yeah. changed. And it's hard to not have that voice in your head. Right. So I, I watched it the first time and I, I remember kind of sitting there like, I, I'm not sure how I feel yet. But right. I knew I knew I enjoyed the movie, but I was still kind of like it was still battling with the book yeah. version of itself in my head. The book version of 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 it in your head, but also all of us yelling the actual words from the books mm-hmm. at the TV. Yeah. Like that's not the optimal way to watch it. Yeah, yeah. If anyone else was there, they would be so annoyed with us. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and that's I mean, and it made it such a great watching experience too. So like I'm yeah, it was just it was like a a weird kind of like this weird experience of like having like the the book version and the movie version battling plus like kind of trying to divorce that from like my general feelings of like the day which were very positive um but yeah I mean in in the times the many many watches that I've had since then I can really because I I reread the book right before I watched the movie and I remember as I was rereading the book I was having a hard time with it just because I was picturing like the boys from like Hmm. the 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 um the little previews and and all of that the trailers and stuff and it was really hard hard for me to separate the two mm-hmm. um but now i think i've i've been able to fully separate them and and appreciate them for what they are on you know on their own individual merits yeah absolutely and i think again as i kind of said for me a lot of that like struggle came down to alex and mm-hmm. i think you know, we've talked about on this podcast and obviously amongst ourselves that like one of the things we love most about Alex is what a brat he is. And that's like Mm -hmm. a term of endearment for us. Like he's such a brat and I love it. Film Alex is not quite that way at all. And so for scenes like the red room kiss scene where he is like so mad at Henry for ghosting him to Mm -hmm. have it be like different in the movie took some time to get used to. Yeah. But I I do think after rewatching, like you said, but also kind of reading more behind the scenes, um, not unfortunately from the actors because they're on strike as they should be in, in solidarity with the union in that regard, but uh, mostly from uh, Matthew Lopez who talked about, you know, the aging up of Alex for movie purposes, like he's in college in the books, but he's in law school here um, and how that kind of played into a lot of of, um, some of the changes that they made. It made a lot of sense to me. And I do kind of see this kind of pathway clearly in my mind from book Alex to this Alex that we got in the movie, that it is a little bit more of a matured chilled out version yeah of alex he's a slightly evolved alex and alex that hasn't that's already kind of gone through his like by crisis his right. uh his family issues you know um in in the book one of the main plot lines with alex is that or one of his main conflicts is that he's kind of trying to decide whether he wants to go directly into college or sorry, directly into politics after undergrad or if he wants to take the longer route and do law school first and um in here he's already made that choice like that's right. that's all done and 
I think it, I think it is absolutely necessary movie wise, like just to keep it to that, like, you know, tight two hours mm-hmm. that you have to strip away a lot of that, like internal conflict, um, especially with, with a leaving out June, Alex's sister and changing the dynamics of the family where the parents are not divorced, but they're still together. And it, it does remove a ton of conflict from Alex. Henry, I think still has a very good amount of conflict, obviously. Um, that's like his main, his main thing is just kind of uh, figuring out how to accept his queer identity in his role as a royal but um yeah i do feel like that it kind of strips away a lot of um of the vital like alex alex's alexness which yeah. is a shame but um and it focuses the the conflict of the story really on henry um right which is fine but like yeah, that's definitely something that i had to come to terms with and accept about it that alex yeah. is a uh, slightly different character the, the, when he when they're laying in bed after they make love to quote henry <laughs> in paris do you think they actually did listen to lana del rey i, feel I like hope you so have to. i really hope so um but uh like alex is laying there in bed and he's like just talking about like how much he loves politics and you know we can talk a little bit more about taylor as a car Perez in a minute and I generally did really like him I don't know that he's the world's greatest actor of all time and I think that that was one of his weakest moments but it is kind of like this almost cheesy scene where he's talking about Mm -hmm. how much he loves politics and like making a difference in the world and like that is integral to book Alex but like he's more jaded and I agree with you that I did like the focus then more on Henry and his conflict and we see like more of the fallout from the email hack from Henry's perspective and it mm-hmm. makes sense that he does have more to lose um, in that regard and you don't get that in the book because it's all from Alex's POV so I, I appreciate getting both sides of the story albeit through different mediums here um, book mm-hmm. Alex and movie Henry but um, yeah it just took some time to get to get used to and it, and we talked briefly about like the by panic in the book that isn't present here and, and that was definitely a tougher pill to swallow yeah, for me, I that always meant a lot to me in the book, and was such a great depiction of that kind of thought process. Um, but I do really like, and again, reading interviews with Matthew Lopez about how intentional he was with that, and you know, kind of the thought that movie Alex has never labeled himself, I and mean, he has these two kind of very casual encounters with men previously when he was younger. Um, but you can see him working up to saying aloud for the first time, the words I'm bisexual to Henry. And that's really special too, Mm -hmm. um, in a different way than the book is special. So, you know, I, again, I have room for both in my heart now, both versions of it, because I think that that's, um, really a really nice adaptive choice there too. And again, they, they did really have to strip it down as much as they could to being about Alex and Henry. It's a rom-com at the end of the day. And um, they nailed that part of it. So I guess, again, these are um, minor quibbles in a movie that is still unabashedly queer. Like, I mean, this Mm -hmm. is um, a queer powerhouse of a film. So that's, um, there's again, room for both stories there. And not for nothing. Like I I think um, what does, even you know um ultimately make that pill easier to swallow too is like that it's very obvious that both taylor and nicholas have such a firm understanding of who alex and henry are like their book versions their like canon versions um that even though we get some of like 
some of that stripped away that it still feels there like they know it's there and they're trying to put that forward in their performance yeah no I totally I totally agree and I think what kind of threw me off too at the beginning is like the very first scene when we get we get Alex and Nora heading to the wedding Alex talks about how like he's afraid he's going to be like judged by all these people he's going to use the wrong fork and I was like who's this Alex Mm -hmm. like I've never seen that in Alex and I quite frankly didn't see that version of him throughout the rest of the film then so I was just very nervous that they like didn't have a grip on him that seemed just kind of an odd way to start because it felt so different um, yeah than anything in the book um but that's fine I mean there's some little inconsistencies throughout this this movie like Alex gives this whole speech and then afterwards he goes to Buckingham Palace and the king's like Oh yes, like they some rival government concocted this story. It's like Alex literally just got up on the stage to the whole world and was <laughs> a like a whole ass press conference. Other. I know, so, like some things just don't really um, make sense. But again, I'm that's not what I'm here for. Really, at the end of the day, I'm here for the love and the love was was ugh, so good. Their chemistry was so good. I've seen nothing but people. I mean, there was a lot of talk. I remember before this movie came out of everybody being like, they have zero chemistry. They have zero chemistry. And now it's all about, you know, how they have beat the no chemistry allegations. Seriously. Um, Like pretty much immediately. But I I was never one of the ones who thought they didn't have chemistry. But I'm glad to see that now everybody is on board with, with them having great chemistry i do think that there were some photos that appeared very bro-y but like even in those bro-y photo shoots like there were ones where they're kind of looking at each other and i was like holy shit like this is gonna come for us we've mentioned that you know taylor zakar perez is not the strongest actor in the world but i think what he does very very well in this movie and in like the the press and, and stuff um leading up to it in like those photos and stuff is looks he's a very good looker like he will Mm -hmm. look into henry's eyes and you really believe it you really feel that and that is i think the most maybe not the most important uh, quality to have as an actor but in a rom-com it it kind of feels like it is well and first of all yes his looks are great in both meanings of the word like the way he looks at (laughs) henry and also how he looks to my eyes like I, yeah I he looks like taylor's a car press yes yes exactly <laughs> um but i do think too like the more i watch this movie the more i think too like is he maybe not the strongest actor is he just like playing up a little bit more of like that like petulance that we love the in Alex. theatrical yeah just kind of like, about Alex, yeah, yeah just like that in real life is is probably too over the top and so he's playing like a like a what a naturally petulant bratty person would maybe be like when they're a little more mature and grown up so i i've come around um on his performance a lot because i i do think that he does embody acd um yeah quite a lot and i love that um i do want to talk more about the changes to his family situation here and you know kind of more our thoughts on them you know I didn't realize um I have time we kind of figured out from the casting announcement that there was no June in this movie and I like am mostly fine with it I think where I'm not fine with it is that it kind of was a missed opportunity to kind of just give all the good June parts and all the good Nora parts to Nora and said mm-hmm. Nora isn't like really much of anything 
Um, and neither is Pez, and neither is like right. It makes sense that June isn't there because, like, what would they do with her even if she was? Because they didn't really do anything with anyone besides. And you know, yeah, it's it's a rom com, and you got to make it. You got to keep it tight, and you got to keep it on them, which I understand, but it is still a bummer. Yeah, yeah. I do. I I like the change. I think it was a smart change to make his parents um married in the film. It's just Mm -hmm. another layer of. Um, introspection that the book gives that makes the text so rich but it's a good thing to put on the chopping block because it's it's a vehicle for a lot of the things he still discusses in the film like being biracial you know being the the child of these kind of like powerhouse politicians um it, it made sense too that he also wasn't like dealing with you know divorced parents and and all of the kind of more baggage that comes along with that. And so I didn't mind that change at all, especially when they're just going to sub in Oscar Diaz's line of um, that. He's the patron saint of gender neutral bathrooms in California and just make it Texas. Like, mm-hmm. great. So yeah, easy peasy. Yeah. Um, I think I thought that, that worked out really well. Do we want to talk about Uma for a minute? I feel like we have to. Okay. Like, here's the thing. I actually do believe that Taylor Zakara Perez could be her child. They have yeah. like a very similar facial structure. Mm-hmm. It's very and it's not something I ever would have thought of, but seeing them side by side, you're like, oh yeah, I, that is believable. Yeah, it really is believable. Like the scene where they're lined up at the stage dinner, I was like, they look so much alike. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of talk about the accent. Like, listen, I just. I enjoyed whatever it was she was doing. Okay, I'm not going to get hung up on it. Um, it I was no authority on like Southern accent accuracy anyway. Yeah, no. But, um, I do feel like her her performance at times was kind of off. And mm-hmm. I think it, it felt like to me in moments that um, that she was like so focused on the accent that like she was focusing her performance on the accent rather than like the lines that she was actually delivering mm-hmm. um which i mean she's again like barely in the movie so it doesn't really matter yeah. but it is something that i kind of picked up on this is also like a nitpick too but i didn't i wasn't the biggest fan of the costuming in this film i thought the boys looked great but like some of the things that uma was wearing i was like a president would never wear this like where's like a power like suit? A she knit. Was, like a lot of chunky yeah. cable knits. i was like this does mm-hmm. not um work in my mind like the um the princess's wedding dress at the beginning martha um is just like nothing that any princess would ever wear at their no. wedding. So like and then like nora's dressed more like what I p- picture, you know, a 50 year old Uma Thurman to be wearing in that like mm-hmm. one scene where Alex comes to talk to her about making my Henry. So I feel like that too just kind of lent a little bit um, of like, what's going on with Ellen Claremont here? Like she, it just doesn't, it, some parts of her are not really working out for me the way I wanted them to. But I did really love um the scene where uh, alex tells her about henry i thought mm-hmm. that, that was just such a good scene i do like the little call out to the powerpoint presentation even though yes. we didn't get it yeah um, she, when when she, when ellen is not as much of a force or a present character in the film in the way that she is in the book i totally get why that was cut but that mm-hmm. was such a nice nod to fans uh to have that mentioned there and I like that she was more knowledgeable, just like off the cuff about gay sex and mm-hmm. 
like tell him to get on yes. prep and yes oh, like because the like HPV vaccine it was great in the book she like specifically like sends a messenger to like get that information so like I I like that she was a little bit more with it um and had that knowledge just at the ready mm-hmm. uh, for this moment for Alex so um I I really like that scene ultimately and that scene alone does enough to erase a lot of the yeah. other maybe like minor issues yeah so I do think too like just while we're here talking about like character cuts and changes like I think that there was more to Nora than any of the other like supporting characters but I was particularly disappointed in Pez who says literally one line in this movie and B who was just kind of like a nothing burger of a character Mm -hmm. and it's very clear to me that they like had more for them to do and just had to cut it out I mean they like just this week Matthew Lopez released some photos that is clearly at like the polo match scene and they're like sitting at a table. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, so after like Alex says I can eat or whatever, they actually probably did go and like eat somewhere. And I get why, you know, for flow purposes, things like that were cut, but it just, it's kind of disappointing. Um, especially because then it kind of makes it feel like some diversity was added in just for diversity's sake. And I, I've never really kind of gotten the impression that that was what Casey was doing in the book. I mean, they're much well, more well-rounded characters in the book. And too. I think something that's really important in queer stories and that Casey has focused a lot on in their, in their books is like the importance of queer found family. And mm-hmm. that is uh, a really important part of, of Pez and Nora and June and B all of them, um, developing their own like little unit i think they're mm-hmm. called like the the something six or something in the book yeah. uh but it is it is kind of disappointing to miss out on that aspect which is that you know that queer fan family that is such an important part of like queer joy storytelling yeah um but oh well that's what it is again <laughs> I, I the romance work for me and that's again the most important part let's talk though on that note, about the superstar of the film in my eyes, Prince Henry. Yeah. Nicholas, my boy. Like, I had the lowest of low expectations for him, I, w- I will be honest, because I feel like in photo shoots, he does this dumb loose deal Zoolander <laughs> face, and I'm like, you don't have any depth to you. I'm very nervous. And I was blown away. He is so talented Holy so shit. good I uh, he he's definitely the biggest surprise to come out of this movie for me um like literally no notes he was so good and every time I rewatch it I focus so much on Henry just because yes. he is he is the heart and soul of this movie oh my god and his All performance just mm-hmm. uh like even just when when Alex comes to London for the first like damage control session and he leaves and is just like peace out like blah 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 mm-hmm. and like the look on henry's face he's just kind of looking away like oh my god i can't believe i like this idiot like mm-hmm. oh my god like it's so good that like, little look when he leaves their first hookup uh, like it's everything he's doing is so good yeah like i think he had one weird line delivery that every time i watch it i'm like this is such a weird delivery of this line it's when he says i'm as gay as a maypole um yeah 
it is a very strange delivery, but other than that, it's literally like no notes. He is perfect. Fucking I, perfect. I, that, yeah, because that line delivery is so weird. That's one thing I'm going to continue to be pedantic about in terms of an adaptation, which is like I love in the book where he like looks Alex up and down and is like, I'm very. It's very such an important scene <laughs> because it's it's so like horny. Yeah. Um, but in like this kind of he like gives him the once over and he goes I am deeply gay yeah. and that would have translated so well in the movie like that is that is a change and I feel like like why why did you change that it is perfect what I perfect on paper and perfect like, and what I been. like too about that scene in the book is that it's like Henry is confident in this one area of his life mm-hmm. like he is a com and we get that in like the Paris sex scene um, which we can talk about more in a second but like, I just, I really, I, something about, and no matter how many times I watch it, I'm still not, like, the biggest fan of that first hookup. It feels, like, off to me. I like their discussion afterwards, but, like, it's really lacking a lot of heat that is present everywhere else throughout the the movie. Um, I mm-hmm. do appreciate the the cut from um, Henry going down on Alex to the Washington Monument. See what you did there, Matthew. <laughs> like, that is a good one. But, yeah, I just, I felt like there's just, a little bit in that whole that everything in Alex's room essentially uh, in that scene is well that's when I was getting nervous and then Mm -hmm. everything rebounded yeah I was like okay so I think this is a good time to pivot into like the sex of Mm -hmm. the movie um Mm -hmm. and that is I think I I fully agree with you that I was nervous at that point with their first hookup I was like oh this feels very very cut to black like and you expect you know there is this is not a hardcore porn film so like it's some of it's going to be cut to black but it felt like very abrupt it felt very one-sided like it felt not reciprocal which is not how I feel like you want to kick off like an intimate relationship and that felt weird I do like the the, like the smash cut to the Washington Monument is pretty funny but um everything else about that that initial hookup felt very like soulless well there's no music either like so there's there's no there's no it's just like silent and like yeah it's it is very um it's yeah it just was was an odd uh choice but then everything after that it's like hit after hit after hit like Mm -hmm. oh my god the tack room oh like (laughs) so i love the the tack room is it's one of my favorite scenes in the book because i I mean the the lines like the banter in that scene is fucking incredible and so at first, as I'm watching this tack room scene, a part of me is going, but the lines, but I was enjoying the scene so much and I I don't even care yeah. that I'm missing like these fucking bangers because the scene is so good. It's one of my favorite scenes, if yeah. not my favorite scene in the entire movie. It's so good. I remember watching it and me like saying to the TV, like, mm-hmm. why are there bagpipes? They're not in Scotland. <laughs> like, what is going on? Um, And apparently it was not intended to be filmed that way i think it was um the editor i believe um as they were in post was like i want to try something like with this scene and he's the one who spliced it together and add the music and matthew was like done like perfect and it really is so good and then also like alex walks in with these like very tight gray pants that leave little to the imagination it's like really just setting the scene (laughs) they know exactly what they're doing yeah they know exactly exactly what they're doing and so yeah i i really like that scene it brings me joy to watch Mm -hmm. it here this is one of those like like kicking your legs giggling scenes it's great yes it's so good and then like everything yeah after that is really good like everything in the hospital is really sweet too to rewind back a little bit like before they like even hook up 
Um, the closet scene was great. Mm-hmm. Um, them um, interacting with the kids was great. Alex in that strawberry costume, like I can't. It's no <laughs> smashing the stuffed animals together, like him and Henry. It's very cute. So good. Um, so yeah, and then like New Year's was so good. We were like sitting oh. there chanting like "Get low." Yeah, no, <laughs> and then it came on. We like screamed. No notes on that New Year's scene. It was so good and beautifully shot. Like I, I'm so sorry, but how are you gonna take a song like "Get Low" and make it like this pivotal romantic like like connection moment yeah. where everybody's getting low, everybody's down, grinding on the floor, and they are just the only two standing there looking at each other, and it's like this kind of slow motion <sighs> cotton. Like it's well, so and, good, and I love it because I it feels very much like, and maybe he said this, but I don't want to misquote him, but it feels very much like an intentional homage to West Side Story, which is very much like they meet at a dance and mm-hmm. see each other across the room and every and the music slows down and then they dance together. And it felt like such a um, beautiful echo of that. And I loved it so much. Oh, it was so good. And we had like and- seen the first kiss before, but like it was great in real time too. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And uh, the Paris, the Paris scene. Um, so I, I mentioned this to you guys when we were watching, but I love that scene. So I feel like it was so it was so intimate. It was so intimately shot that I felt like an intruder watching it. Like I felt like I needed to look away because it felt like such an intimate connection between them. It was beautiful. It was. And with like the key hanging down, which Mm -hmm. was so good. Although (laughs) I definitely said to you during one of our many rewatches the weekend you were here that I like (laughs) I'm so taken aback by what the key looks like. I think it like, just like a regular house key. <laughs> like, like Alex just strolled to Lowe's and like got a copy made and like the key machine. I don't know. In my head, it was like a skeleton key or what, but I'm like, this literally looks, I don't know what I was expecting, but I, was like, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> Why his family's home in Texas would have a skeleton key. But... <laughs> No, I don't know. <laughs> well, also, it was kind of like silvery, like it wasn't gold. So I was like, wait, like that really just looks like the duplicate keys I had made, like to my home for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, Ellen went to Lowe's to make um make Alex a copy when he like turned 16. So we get back in the house. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I do love um that you can tell like with the intimacy and even with like the the performing of that scene that you can tell that this movie was made by a queer man like you like it felt realistic in that way like and I also love that it has spawned a bunch of like people online being like gay men can have sex in the missionary position (laughs) (laughs) it's so good it's so funny and I do like the lead up to that scene too, despite her being like, I think we should make love tonight. <laughs> <Which is laughs> I do love that Alex immediately rips him about it though. It's so funny. It needed to happen because yeah. when he said that, I too was going like, uh, okay. Um, but I love that Henry says in that moment, like, you know, that he's a product of like English boarding school, like, and Alex mm-hmm. is in good hands because that's like the Henry that I was kind of missing from the first hookup scene where he's kind of like, I know it's what I'm about, yeah, son. Yeah. Like, like let um, me let me hold your hand through this. And all all of Henry's calling Alex dear or dearest, uh, um, even in sarcasm, it was all just perfect. Yeah. It was perfect 
perfectly Henry all all their banter was so good like the text message scenes I mm-hmm. loved that um, I love how, how they shot that, that. Mm-hmm. really good um you know I think another disappointment probably is the lack of emails I'm frankly glad that we got what we did because I was worried that they would just like cut them all together um and at least we did get that one beautiful one from Your Henry body which comes back to me in dreams and... yes yeah so I mean that email is like tattooed on my brain I know I know they picked the best one they, again Matthew Lewis knew what he was doing with that one mm-hmm. but um yeah I mean I'm I'm just glad we got them at all uh and so that was that was great um I do think that I was surprised at how much politics was in this movie. Like, I don't know. I just thought like that would be an easy place to cut because it was such a one-to-one in the book about 2016 mm-hmm. in so many ways. Um, But I kind of like how they just like let Alex run with it and like made him like be this idealistic, you know, I just like kind of, you know, talked badly about like his performance in that scene where he's like I love the idea of like helping people but I do like that they made him actually like realize those dreams and have that kind of be a little bit more of a source of conflict when it came to Henry um then even so in the book because like in the movie Henry says like you know I I don't want to trade this one public life for this other public life Mm -hmm. you know that's not what I want and like Henry never really says that in the book so I kind of like that as a deeper layer to the conflict and to why he struggles with being with Alex it's not that he's just that he's so you know deep in the closet and doesn't feel like he can ever come out it's that like the person he knows that there's no way to escape and he will not get the escape that he wants yeah with Alex if Alex chooses this life so you know I I really liked uh, just how that all was expanded and, you know, not a, a clear, um, you know, stand in for our former president um, in yeah. terms of Richards. And like, I thought that that was all great. And I think like cutting out the whole Raphael Luna plot was smart too, like just kind of unnecessary in this um, in this thing. So yeah, I really liked how they, they played that all out. Yeah. I think um they did a good job kind of condensing all of that too because if i have like one gripe about the book is that it does get very heavy-handed in yeah. all of the pol- political stuff and it um kind of drags it out a little bit longer than i feel like it could have or should have yeah um so i thought that was a good like condensing of that plot well and it's a more um positive spin on you know the current political climate like in 2023, things are different than they were in 2016. So like there is this kind of movement towards this more, more of an idealism. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what Alex embodies in this movie. And that was kind of nice to see. Um, so yeah, no, I, I liked all of those changes a lot. I think those are all like the kind of big changes mm-hmm. that, uh, that came up here. Yeah. Just i love this movie tasia i know i mean we like we were like we can't like basically talk about everything we love because we would just be sitting here giving you a play-by-play of Mm -hmm. you know 90 percent of the movie and that's not what you're here for um but really there was just uh, i loved it i'm so happy it exists like yeah we're so lucky I'm so happy to put it into the rotation of comfort movies. 
Totally. Because it is, it's there right now. I mean, right now it's the only thing in that rotation because I cannot stop watching it. But um, eventually it will hopefully be balanced out again. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm really like, there are things that I miss and there are some changes that are, that I'm less keen on that we can talk about later in, in the um, Mm -hmm. superlatives, but uh, big one. Mm-hmm. One one big one is really all that it is, mm-hmm. um, but even so, um, with that and with the the very minor gripes, um, I am so happy with the movie that we got, and that was the overwhelming feeling I had when I was done with it, even when I wasn't sure exactly how I wanted to feel about it, um, and it's still the overwhelming feeling I have now is that I'm yeah. I'm so happy to have this movie. Wait, you know who we didn't talk about yet? Cause she was like the star of the show. In my mind, in a lot of ways, Zara, <laughs> Zara, Zara was so good, so good. That just... scene, <laughs> where he's sitting on, they're sitting on the couch next to each other, watching Alex's uh, press conference, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I wonder if Henry saw it. I wonder what he thinks. I wonder." He's like, "Oh, I miss him. Oh, he does this little face, and like <laughs> the progression of Zara's face during that scene is." comedy yeah. gold it's it is so, so good. good and then like her whole phone call to sean is so great mm-hmm. like it's just a master class in in comedic acting and timing it's so funny oh my god <laughs> also uh, her looking through alex's hotel room and saying <laughs> like where's little missy or whatever it was so funny <laughs> that whole scene is so good too and then when henry's like oh i actually told my sister <laughs> yeah it's uh she was great i i loved um all of that i would have liked to see her and sean interact in person just to make that one scene together yeah yeah um fucking sean who's like we're doing everything we can to get a hold of him it's like clearly not i know he said i i reached out to my contacts at the white house no no <laughs> Unless the implication here is that he did reach out to Zara, but then she didn't answer. Maybe she was busy. I don't know. But he definitely did not reach all of his contacts. At the he White sure House. did not. And I hope she takes him to task for it mm-hmm. in some in some way, shape, or form. Are we ready to just, like, dive into the superlatives so we can gush a little bit about some favorite yeah, things? Yeah, I think the only other stuff that I have to talk about is the uh, stuff that is there. So let's do it. Let's can we jump to um Lee's favorite adaptation choice first so we can talk about negatives and then move mm-hmm. on to just all of our favorite things. Um so we have the same Lee's favorite adaptation choice, which is Miguel. Miguel. I really don't like um making another queer Latino actor or um man character the villain instead of the Richards campaign. Yeah. I really don't like that choice. And to make it almost seem like he's a jilted lover, and that's why he does mm-hmm. Yeah, it's out of jealousy, and and it's weird because you can, uh, in my rewatch, I picked up on it a little bit more, but when they're at the, the prime minister's dinner, and he mentions uh, the Texas memo, he's like, Alex is like, that was very... Um, like, private or whatever, how'd you get that? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm a journalist, I quite literally have my sources... So like right away he he was that was him right he'd been hacking into yeah. their entire situation oh. that entire time. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because yeah. how else would he have gotten that memo? Yeah. Like Who what sources? Because it would have yeah. been what Zara? Zara? No. Yeah. <laughs> the president? Really... No. Alex itself? That is a no. really good point. Yeah, it's yeah. just like again I 
get that you needed to like simplify that plot, but it's a very baffling choice, particularly from this writer slash director, mm-hmm. um, who is savvy in a lot of ways. And just the optics of this choice make zero sense to me. I just don't get it. I did like the use of real news commentators and I did like mm-hmm. Joy Reid going after him being like, yeah. On the timeline of things, that was great. And everything Rachel Maddow was also great in this movie. But Well, and when it seems that obvious, there has to be consequences for that, right? Right. Like, he basically outed himself as the leak, so... And that's just what I was going to say. Like, in the book, it is kind of fitting that there aren't really consequences for the Richards campaign, and they almost win. And that is, unfortunately, the reality of American politics. But, like, in this Mm -hmm. movie, when it's just this one individual... He 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 gets roasted he's not on TV. With, like he's not it. somebody with power, so he should be somebody right. that's easy to you know. Th- those are the only people that actually right. have consequences for their actions. So it's weird to me that yeah. the only consequences like him like Alex watching him talk on TV and being like and like scowling about it. Like I don't know, mm-hmm. very odd. So um yeah, I just I really did not like that at all. And I and I want to be clear too, it's not that I dislike that we like have someone that Alex hooked up with before, like in the movie generally, which because I think when you know the casting came out, people were like, Who is this guy? Is this gonna be someone that Alex like liked before? I don't want it to be like a triangle or anything like that. And it's like, no. Like it's I I'm I don't mind him being there as as someone who Alex you know, messed around with before and was on, you know, his path towards his um, own understanding of his sexuality. But like, it just went way, way too far after that. And I don't understand why. So yeah, not good. Yeah. I think everything else we talked about to this point was a nitpick. And this is like our one true, true criticism. Favorite adaptation choice. Um, Again, we're kind of, we're talking about Mm -hmm. the same thing, but like different elements of it. Yes, so my favorite, so in the book, um, you know, Henry takes him to the V&A and he talks about this kind of fantasy that he had as as a younger kid um, that he would bring the boy that he loved there and um, they would listen, you know, they would dance and, you know, play a song and, and all of that. And in the book, Henry is expressing this fantasy and then does it himself, like he's fulfilling his own, you know, childhood dream. Which is great. But what I love about the movie is that he's telling Alex this as like, you know, like his deep, dark, uh, deepest desires that he's always wanted to do this. And Alex fulfills that for him, like without saying a word, he just grabs his phone, he puts on music and they dance together. And I think Alex doing that for him is like a just an expression of, of his love for him is great. I loved it. That whole scene, I'm so happy they got to film at the v Maybe the reason they like the some of the other like budget seeming things in this movie didn't like totally add up is because they blew so much of the budget on the V and A because like some of the music choices like I green didn't love. screen screen screens not were great. not good but mm-hmm. like hey they were in the V and A so that was the most important set piece quite literally um, yeah. but yeah I totally agree with what you're saying and that scene is also my favorite adapt- adaptation choice for a couple reasons what you meant. Or sorry, what you mentioned. I also really like kind of the condensing of their fight and their um their their journey um to, to kind of deciding to be together. 
um, in the movie because in the book, like Alex rushes there and they have like this hot kind of angry sex and Alex doesn't know if it's like goodbye or like the start of something new. And um, Henry's still being a little opaque when he takes in the V&A in the book because he's just kind of like, you know, this is my way of, you know, kind of showing you something that's really important to me. But I like that in the movie, it's kind of condensed down to like, Henry takes Alex there immediately. There is no hot, angry sex. And that's where he kind of reveals so much about the, who he is at his core and his his concerns about their relationship and their place in history. And then to have Alex say history, huh, there in the V&A was just, it was pitch perfect. The perfect way to tie that pitch into perfect. their email. Yeah, it's and, great. And like, you know, I think we also missed a lot of the queer history that is um, yeah. very prevalent in their letters, but this was like such a good way to like nod to it and like have them literally be standing in history, like mm-hmm. amongst history and have Alex say that line. Um, and on that perfect. note, I also appreciated that the kind of nod to that in Alex's press conference speech as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you yeah. know, if, if you've got it and I understand why all of that is cut as well, but I, I like the, the nods to it. Definitely. Uh, so that was good. Um, all right. Favorite quote. You wrote down what my <laughs> favorite one is. So I'll let you say it first. All right. We'll do that one. And I thought Alexander Gabriel, um, Claremont Diaz was a mouthful. He is. It's like <laughs> pitch perfect line delivery. Such a good delivery. It's so good. And like they're so cute in that scene. Alex is wearing like this very attractive black on black ensemble. Oh, it's God, just yeah. like it's so good. Um I liked, have you ever cooked for yourself once unsuccessfully? Have you ever been on grinder once unsuccessfully? <laughs> they're like just like so cute in that scene and they're in their little bathrobe. Like snuggled up in their little yeah. robes eating their yeah. little ice cream or whatever so it is. Cute. Yeah. So cute. Anyway, this next one's very good too. Uh yeah. So this is back in in the VA and Henry says Please be patient with me, and I promise I will try to be brave for us. Because when they write the history of my life, I want it to include you and my love for you. To this day, I literally watched last night, and I was like clutching my pearls. It it's, was—it's such ooh. a beautiful scene. <sighs> um, character and arc—I think we have the same one. Henry, Henry, like just, just so good. And you know, like I—I'm obviously like deeply committed to this book um it is a very large part of my personality at all times (laughs) (laughs) but I will say that I do think and it 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 took this movie displaying it to me that I you are really missing out on a lot of who Henry is in the book because you don't have his POV and he is a little bit of not a total blank slate like you get like his his desires to be a writer all that feels more like expansive And I'm I'm like maybe saying this wrong because obviously there is a lot to him in the book, but like seeing him come to life on screen just like filled in the gaps so much more Mm -hmm. for me than I and I didn't realize I was missing anything from Henry. But now like and I'm I'm not quite like what you were saying, like where you read the book after you like it's been cast or whatever and like you see these guys like I'm not always like that. I've never um, I'm not like that for most of the books that I've like read and then seen the film adaptation of but like he is henry now to mm-hmm. me like he is just like yeah. 
again, he filled in those gaps. Like he we were so blessed to have somebody so perfect to play him oh. and somebody who would give so much to that role and performance so well. Like it's, yeah, I think you're totally spot on that. Um, he's really able to fill in those, those gaps that we miss out on by not having the, any Henry POV in the book. Yeah. Um, anyway yeah i guess it's just more like alex was so vibrant in my head in the book and like Mm -hmm. henry is is just a little bit of a step back from that but now they're like i can see them both so clearly Ah, i Mm -hmm. love it god buckle in for the idea of you friends oh my god i know i'm officially like a a nicholas galaxine uh fangirl and now i i that that movie is gonna be a problem i am gonna be a problem because of that movie guys if he was this good with again god bless his heart taylor zakar perez who is an actor <laughs> um but we're gonna see nicholas with oscar winner and hathaway stop i can't even it's gonna be too much for me that book was already too much for me I don't like the person I'm going to become when this movie comes out. Very. It is what it is. So very can be very bad. Um, anyway. <clears throat> Woo. Favorites. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorites in movie. And Ali, go first. Because you have a couple more than me. Baby, which is a big thing in the book where Alex kind of realizes that, you know, he, he slips up a few times and calls Henry baby and realizes that Henry really loves it. So he kind of weaponizes it. It's become and, a thing, um, baby. Yeah, it's, it's become a thing, baby. Um, so when they use it only once in this movie and you can tell, like, it's such, a, it's a great nod to that. Um, used very effectively, but when he finally is able to talk to Henry, um, when Zara makes Sean get, get Henry on the phone and yeah. just the just the one word and and henry crumbles and it's perfect um i have written like a kind of the scene that kind of comes after that um which is this entire like moment that they have on the piano bench so it's after alex flies to london um after they've been outed and they're just kind of like sitting on the piano bench together and it's like I think that's the scene where I have the most chemistry. They're being so natural with each other. It's so almost domestic, the mm-hmm. way that they talk to each other, and then like the way they kind of jump into like you're never gonna guess who Sean's dating, and like you know, it's just yeah. it's such a beautiful. A it's so, yeah, it's just so intimate and coupley and lovely, and I just it oh it makes my heart sing to 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 watch that scene. I keep watching it over and over again. I really love it. And then um, I also have, so like this obviously doesn't end well because Henry immediately like bolts, um, but that scene on that like floating dock situation when they're in Austin um, and Alex is on the verge of confessing his love. He's trying to confess his love and he's talking about like, it feels like there's a rope attached to my chest and it keeps pulling me towards you. And Henry's looking away and he's got all of these feelings on his face, but just, I feel, I feel like it's a beautifully shot scene um and it's just it's very swoony even for how like sad it is how bittersweet absolutely i think um one of the things i love about that movie too and or that moment in the movie too is that it just really reminds me a lot of um call me by your name which is like Mm. just another beautiful Mm -hmm. um 
queer film. Um, it's very understated and subtle. I like it. It's just like the summer, the sun, the way, like the colors, like looked like Call Me By Your Name. Um, mm-hmm. Another film I've watched many, many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I just, I really liked um, I really liked that scene too. It's well done. They both look smoking hot. So, and they're glistening, so. like literally like sparkling with the water and the, yeah, uh, it's great. Yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful scene. Um, and then my only other one is just everything in the VNA, which we've talked about exhaustively at this point. So um, um, yeah, everything in the VNA is perfect. Yeah. So good. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that was, I think, another scene that made me kind of nervous. I think it's a pale imitation of the scene in the book. But, like, I I guess I appreciate that it's there. Yeah. It's yeah, not I mean, as it funny. Couldn't, it couldn't not be. Like, out of, like yeah. that's one of the most iconic scenes from the book um, yeah. that is talked about so much. Yeah. So they, they give it a small, a small little nod. I think if I had to have one move, one line from the book that did not make it into a movie it might have been <laughs> cornbread knows my sins like i knew as soon as you said that what it was gonna be because <laughs> like that is like the scene that is like the funny it's part alex. Of the it's, so it's alex. not the fact that there's a turkey in the room it's how alex is reacting to the turkey yeah anyway we did did we all yell put him in my room put him in my room yeah that's that's a perfect alex moment too it's yeah. just it, his perfect brattiness yeah exactly but no cornbread knows my sins i my kingdom for that line to be in the film mm-hmm. matthew oh well <laughs> get the gang get back beef. together once the strike's over and ma- reshoot that scene just for me thank you yeah so yeah god what what um what film adaptation or uh book adaptation are we going to be like this about next like i don't understand i mean the idea of you will be exciting but it doesn't mean as much right um, exactly it's just wow, that one's I gonna be just over. like pure horny fun but um this one is actually like you said it's foundational to yeah so many friendships and it's it's still one of my you know top 10 books of all time probably so yeah, yeah. for sure and we watched a movie of it I know. I'm just so happy we got what we got. Seriously, we were we were talking earlier about this about how people are um, picking up a lot of a lot of noise about a sequel, and I don't want a sequel. No, Um, I want them to be happy and in love and where they are right now because a sequel means conflict, and um, I just want them to be as they are. What I want is for more um, Mm -hmm. more queer media. Like, yeah. just give us more we've got like boyfriend material would be a great adaptation oh, yeah. i feel like i mean yeah. there's there's a lot of fun there's stuff, stuff out there do. and you know i if in my ideal world every book that i loved dearly would be a television show and mm-hmm. it would have infinite number of seasons and i would get all of the detail and character development that i love so much in the books in that tv show however the world is not perfect and as I sit here and think about this wonderful but imperfect adaptation of a beloved book of mine, I can't help but think that I'm so much, I'm so glad that I have this versus something like Shadow and Bone, which who knows if that's going to get renewed and we haven't even gotten to my most important babies, the crows yet, to the extent that I want to get to them. So I guess I think I would rather, at the end of the day, have an imperfect movie 
and and get to see these characters go through their whole arc and get all the moments that I I want them to have, even if it's not, you know, is on a grand of scale as like a TV show might be able to do. Um, so I'm just really happy that it's there and like it can't be taken away from us. Mm-hmm. We don't have to like worry um about whether or not we're gonna get you know, X, Y, and Z anymore. Like it's there, we have it and it's, yeah. it will always be there. So that's, it's just, it's a relief that we like it so much too on top of that. So yeah. <sighs> so happy. I'm going to go put it on again right now. I know. Right. Uh, well, anyway, this was fun. Look at us twice in August. I know. I'm very proud of us. Um, Can we make it three? Right think we could i wonder well, if there's some other queer media adaptation out there that we've also talked about before on this podcast yeah. hmm. Hmm. anyway so like maybe that'll come soon yeah we'll see if you know what you're talking about keep checking your podcast <laughs> feed hopefully again i'm really hoping it will be soon um otherwise tasia where can um our listener friends find you online you can find me on Instagram at Ragey Cakes. And on the new. Oh, yeah. True Blood <laughs> Rewatch podcast. Fang Bangers. So you could find Fang Bangers at Fang Bangers Pod. That's Fang Bangers with a Z. Um, on Instagram, all the all the places. I keep wanting to say finger bangers. <laughs> not what it is. <laughs> I'm glad you said the words, not me. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on instagram at rin underscore reads you can find the podcast on instagram and twitter at act age you can choose the email if you'd like it act pod at gmail.com and if you wouldn't mind reading or reviewing us even though we don't podcast as much anymore um that would be greatly appreciated and it is very encouraging as well it is motivational Anytime we hear from a listener, it does make us want to come back and podcast some more. So keep mm-hmm. them coming, friends. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. History, huh? Bet we can make some. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, friends. Bye. Bye. <laughs>